Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? You're listening to Tox Machina on the Critical Role Podcast Network. Tox Machina airs live at twitch.tv slash critical role on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific, and it's also uploaded to youtube.com slash critical role on Thursday mornings. If you like our podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Without further ado, here's this week's episode of Tox Machina. <laughs> Holy cow. This is so many people. How are you guys doing? Well, we have a super packed panel today, so we're going to get right into it. First, I want to go over some guidelines while we wait. Um, unfortunately, one of Sam's teeth fell out, and we're waiting for a forklift <laughs> as soon as that gets here. Um, first of all, we love you guys. Thank you for coming from all over the world, I assume to see me read these off an iPad. Um, just as a note to you, everyone in the room, and the folks at home that are gonna be watching this later, uh, we want you to enjoy yourselves as much as possible. So we just ask a few simple things from you. For the second half of today's panel, we're gonna take questions for you from you guys. We go all over the world and we wanna meet you, we wanna hear from you, we want you to ask the questions. I also travel that much because I use the stubs to uh, show the judge whenever I get a failure to appear. Um, when it's your turn to ask a question, please just one question for one cast member. Try to refrain from asking the whole cast to answer your question. Uh, we don't have enough time, and there's still a lot of them here for some reason. Um, critical role show channel type questions only, please. I don't... Want to hear any questions for Matt about some obscure video game I've never heard of? Um, you can't try to get any info about Avengers out of Travis and Laura. Uh, Critical Role is not in the business of discussing release dates. It's important that you know that. Uh, we love to hear everybody's story and where you came from in your home games and all that fun stuff. Uh, unfortunately, the panel's not really set up for that, so when you have a question, please just say your name, who you are, tell us, and then ask your question. That would be awesome. Uh, last but not least, don't forget to love each other, whether you are, yeah. Whether you're lining up for the panel, whether you're sitting next to someone you know or you don't, whether you're at home watching this on Tuesday with your computer open to your favorite social media platform, ready to talk shit about the panel and everybody here, don't forget to love each other. Without further ado, I would like to introduce the cast of Critical Role. Travis Willingham. Marisha Ray. Oh. Talison Jeffy. Holy shit, it's Ashley Johnson. Sam Regal. Liam O'Brien. 
Laura Bailey. And Mr. Matthew Mercer. Wow. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. It's all ages, be careful. Um, all right. That's a big room. Yeah, that's a really good one. What's this. up, everybody? Hey, uh, something we like to do at each of these panels. If you are in cosplay and you are physically able, can you stand up so we can see you? Wow. Wow. Really Look at Chris good. Lockie running to the front. <laughs> Get that cardio. Oh my God, that's cool. Oh. Yes, yes, wow. yes. Oh my God, oh my God. Thank you so oh, much. Yes. You guys look amazing. Ah. Look at that bow, it oh, lights wow. up. So that's cute. cool. Holy cow. Does it fire? No, don't try! <laughs> if somebody yeah. asks Matt a question about some obscure anime, you're allowed to give it a shot. <laughs> Uh, we've got something extremely special for all of you here, but before oh. we get into that, uh, I would like you in an orderly fashion and respecting those around you, especially the ones in, in fragile costume, you can begin lining up, I believe, right here. <laughs> in the center. Uh, please do not step on Brittany Wallachie. We need her for at least another year. <laughs> She's Don't. like a derby horse. We just run her to the ground. <laughs> Shout out to Brittany. Come on. Yeah. Woo! Oh, come on. Well, gang, every year at Comic-Con, for the past couple years, we've tried to bring you something fun and exciting and unreleased uh, centered around our comic series with Dark Horse, which is Vox Machina Origins Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this year, we have a really special treat. Uh, for the first time ever, we are excited to show you the first three never-before-seen pages of the second issue, which comes out August 14th. Write it down, put it in your phone. But that's cool, but what's even cooler is instead of just showing it to you, we're gonna have the cast do a read-through of those three pages. That sound fun? Sounds fun to me. All right, Matthew Mercer. All righty, so... Okay, we're ready then. We're doing it. We're doing, doing it live. All right, um, so for those of you who have caught up, this takes place in Westrun, shortly after meeting Pike and searching as to how Grog has managed to vanish from the group, which is actually how the second session of our home campaign began. So, beginning. <clears throat> Grog, my boy, what are you doing at Gat Shadow? A bad place, a very bad place. Don't worry, we'll find him. What can you tell us about Gat Shadow, Mr. Trickfoot? Hmm? Uh, well, many around here call it the Cursed Mountain. They say madness lies deep beneath the rock, a power that draws all manner of vile things to it. <laughs> vile, huh? That's certainly one way to describe Grog. <laughs> Big idiot. It's okay to be worried about him. We'd better get going. We? Where are we now? Oh, that's my line. <laughs> I was entranced by your goddamn acting. <laughs> it's going to be incredibly dangerous. You should really stay here. You know, leave this to the professionals. I know it's dangerous. That's what the armor and the weapons are for. Oh, okay. Grog is my friend, and if he's in trouble, I'm gonna help. Besides, the Everlight can provide us guidance in finding him. Unless one of you happens to be a cleric. I guess where are we now? Well, good luck! Keep them safe, Pike! Oh, well, aren't you just a cutest? <laughs> oh, I wish I was a bear. <laughs> Pardon my asking, Pike, but how did Grog come to live in your home? He's just... well, he... 
He's so big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> End of scene. There you go. There you go. Oh, just a tease. Yeah. A tease. Look at that good boy. It does something to me hearing those voices again every time, man. The second issue will be available on August 14th through your favorite local comic shop or digitally on Dark Horse Digital and Comixology. The second Vox Machina Origin series was written by our friend Jody Hauser. Are you here? Boom! Legend. So good. The legend, Jody Hauser. This day forward, known as the legend. And art from Critter Olivia Sampson. Are you here? Probably not. No. Oh, it's okay. Next year. But wherever Olivia is, you're amazing. Your art is incredible. Absolutely. So good. Killing it. Uh, Killing it. Colorist <laughs> Msasik. Did I say that right, Liam? Msasik? I've heard Msasik. I've heard Msasik. I'm not sure, Will. I think we should rely on my interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and letterer Ariana Maher. So check out the Dark Horse booth here at San Diego Comic-Con, too, to pick up your own convention-exclusive cover variant. Holy cow, Woo! done by Babs Tar. Ah! Wow. Yeah. This is Travis, what does that sound like? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun year to be a critter at Comic-Con. Okay. Let's see who's up first. We're just oh. diving in. We're diving in. Diving in. Jumping right on. Hey, what's Nothing. your name? Hey, my name is Dan. Hey, Dan. Hey, uh, Dan. Real quick, I want to apologize to Marisha for uh, putting her on the spot with my extremely geeky question last year. It was about the um, possible critical role of Amazing Spider-Man when your vows crossover. Oh, <laughs> oh yep. right. That was, geeky. Wow, that was obscure. <laughs> yes. <It> still is. <laughs> wow. Hi, everybody. Um, this question is going to be for Ashley. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Um, uh, I was curious, um, uh, when uh, you guys were doing uh, some of the epilogues for uh, some of the uh, NPCs and other characters for uh, the first campaign, there's a certain character I don't recall an epilogue was uh, revealed for. So I was wondering uh, what your idea was the epilogue for uh, Pike's cousin, JB. Oh. 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 Well, I think... That's probably something we should discuss. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Ashley? You don't have an idea. I thought you fleshed this out in your head. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Let <laughs> me you know. I mean, that character was a, um, was a surprise, obviously, in the campaign. I, I, well, I mean, that's something that we'll probably talk about. Maybe we'll get on that. <laughs> no, but really, how, how did her story end, Ashley? <laughs> Uh, they all died. <laughs> That's your fault now. <laughs> That's all you, Dan. Unfair. That is unfair. Man. It's canon now, thanks to Dan. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Hey, what's your name? Hello, and I'm very short. Someone shine a light on this beautiful person. <laughs> Hello, my name is Nisha. I'm from Orlando, Florida. Hi. Hi. How are you? Um, Ashley, I meant to tell you the pin that we gave you earlier is by the art of Danny Haas, H-A-A-S. <laughs> that was very remiss of me. He's my friend, and I forgot his name when I met you. It's a very amazing pin. Can you tell him what it is? It's a Hamilton pin. It's an original Aww. design by Danny Haas, and it says... Um, immigrants, it's, it's, we uh, get immigrants, the job done. We get the job done. Yeah. It's Tay Diggs. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's... So I'm going to ask a hard question right off the bat. I'm sorry about this. So um, as I am very happy to tell people, I'm a 53-year-old Indian woman who follows D&D because I have an amazing daughter who had the common sense to bring me to D&D. It has completely changed my existence, and so have all of you. And Marisha, you know that already because I told you that already. Um, I'm going to ask a big one. So and either, any of you can choose to answer this. What is the single most important lesson you've learned as you've progressed through the journey of Critical Role from the beginning to where it is today? Wow, that's a good uh, question. <laughs> it's all about the people you travel with. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I think for, for me and for many of us, uh, and what, what this is a testament to is if you can stick to the, the priority of, of making the friendship the priority in your life, the good things will come, you know. It, it, this, this whole thing has just been a strange phenomenon where we never expected any of this, and through all of it, just ensuring that our friendship was the most important thing to maintain and to check in with, and I'm just very happy to be alongside these people still all these years later. Yeah. Yeah, and shout out to you guys for, um, for being on this journey with us. I mean, like, just watching, like, this room grow and grow every year has been phenomenal. So thank you for everyone for coming back year after year and supporting us. And for, like, the 10 to 15% of you who have no idea what's going on right now, uh, we are extremely charming and, uh, and extremely brilliant people, so trust us. Um, <laughs> But like, uh, like, they, like these guys said, like it's, it's been amazing to just go on this journey together and, and, and become closer with you guys. I learned that guy's name. He's Talison. <laughs> like know three that. weeks ago, it finally stuck. It's been, finally. It's been, been such calling, a journey. I've been calling him Allison forever. <laughs> One a year, he learns. One a year. <laughs> Hi, my name is Caitlin. Hello. Um, Hello. <laughs> you look amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, my question, if one or two of you want to answer it, because uh, I know it's not supposed to be everybody. Um, what is your favorite role play moment from campaign one or two that did not involve your own character? Ooh. Well, that takes me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. I was such a fan of Vex popping up out of the water in the bathroom. <laughs> Great fire! <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, yeah. that was gross. <laughs> that was great. Oh man. I was a fan of that too. <laughs> uh, anything Matt Mercer does is a, a pretty fantastic role-playing moment. Uh, com coming up with fully formed characters on the fly. Come on. That's true. I am just happy. You guys don't judge me for my psychosis. <laughs> yeah, I think a certain pirate woman reaching the end of her line Ooh. is one of mine. That was good. I think mine was uh, Scanlan's whole, as much as I hated it personally, I thought it was really wonderful, everything you did. Just everything across the whole campaign? No, everything you did when you, when you left. Spoilers, Laura. <laughs> yeah, what she's essentially been on saying for a is, while. You as soon it. as Scanlan was gone, it got better. <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah, that's true. It was just so shocking. Like we did not. I just didn't think that was going to happen. Yep. It was so. You don't. It could happen again. Shut up, Sam. <laughs> there were uh, there were some Percy Vax standoffs that were pretty great. Oh. Let's stick out of my head. Oh man. I personally will say uh, Percival and Grog having the fight underneath the keep shortly after the Chroma Fall was. I'm so amazing. sad no one got to see like how that continued all the way into the kitchen afterwards, where we were we were yeah it was so much <laughs> shoot just ah <laughs> I'm so good it was so good one day one day <laughs> one day Thank I really you. like uh, Percy and Vex in Singorn. Mm. Yeah, uh, that was pretty great. I liked you showing up to the Pirate King and just busting out all of that Cobalt Soul stuff. I was not prepared. I was not prepared Neither for that. Neither was I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We could go on forever. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you for your question. That Thank was you. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You look great. It's awesome. Hey, what's your name? Hi, this is Rachel. Um, I Jesus. <laughs> Your name's Your Jesus? Hello, Jesus. I've been looking for you my Jesus. whole life. Oh oh. He is risen. We're not Watch ready. Why am I floating? You've already won. <laughs> my name is Rachel. Hi, Hi Rachel. Hey, Hi, Rachel. Um, and first of all, congratulations on a very successful Kickstarter campaign. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats to you guys. Thank you guys. Yeah. Um, and. Part of that is, um, for Matt specifically, how has it been adapting the, sh the game on Twitch and the show into an animated 
kind of more condensed show and how are you coping with handing off your the voices in your head to new and other people that's a very good question uh it it's been it's been a new process it's very it's very it's very hard when you've worked to to build an intricate world and a narrative and a story and and to be fair i only write you know the thorough line in the NPCs, they still carry a lot of the stories. So it's not like the whole thing is my baby, like I was the only author, thankfully. Um, but it's, adaptation is hard because we played for hundreds of hours and we have to condense it into a season. So there, there is a lot of truncating and some changes that have to be made to fit the medium. But there's, there's some of those changes that in the room, I'm like, you know, you know that makes more sense. You know, th this actually will, will not be detrimental to the experience. And then there are some where I have to hold the line and be like, no. This is too important, this stays. And they'll argue, you know, yeah, but mainstream media, I'm like, this is a mainstream media, this is Critical Role. <laughs> you know, and, and there, yeah, like a lot of films and TV, the like things might tie up or link or, you know, coincidences will make things come out in a beautiful bow and everything connects at the end. And I don't want that, you know, some things should be messy. Some things are, are their own threads. And so there's been, you know, kind of finding that balance, but, you know, it's going great. It's been really fun and really wild to watch other people play in this space and take things and run with it and come up with new interesting takes on things that I hadn't considered. And I'm really excited about the prospect of getting to cast some of these NPCs. Yeah. I'm, it's going to be really wild to watch other people breathe life into things that just existed in my head. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, what's your name? Hi, it's Sean. I, again, Hi. this is probably the third or fourth year I've been up here. Yeah, but it's yeah, hey. Um, I want to thank you all for everything you've been putting forward ever since the channel split off, including the figure set from Kickstarter, which came through. Hey. Yasha was the only one in my box that was facing the wrong way and arrived on the day she left the party. For Ooh. You. So you did this. <laughs> UPS. Oh, oh, UPS. <laughs> yes. Um, my question is, actually, given the ever-growing pervasiveness of Sam's D&D Beyond <laughs> sketches at the beginning of each episode, at I, what point can we expect a day of the Twitch channel to be dedicated to an entire Sam Regal D&D Beyond telethon? Oh, my God. <laughs> that is a, that's legitimately a great idea. <laughs> I, we could... Marisha, can we... I could, yes. I could be like the Jerry Lewis and we could just get calls and uh -huh. that would be awesome. <laughs> and it would just be me. I could, you know, like, I don't, you guys are too young, but Jerry Lewis had a tel telethon and yes. he would get so tired. He would like suck oxygen through a mask to like, just keep going. I could do that. I've always wanted an oxygen tank. <laughs> we could get you a helium tank and you could just get like, like, like higher and higher in tow and it's like, oh, it's longer That's and longer. That's a great idea. We can do this. Marisha, I grabbed Travis's credit card during the last question. <laughs> I'll talk to Vinny. Yeah, yeah. all right. Don't Thank you, and I'm Thank sorry. You. Oh, you're welcome. Don't apologize or ask for uh, royalties. Uh, <laughs> Don't think it's forgiven. This is some incredible cosplay right here. What's your name? Um, my name is Mitchell. Uh, hey, Thank Mitchell. you, Brian. Hey. Um, so my question is for Marisha, actually, fittingly enough, from that. Um, You've played two characters that have very different relationships with like leadership and authority. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering what you've taken away from them becoming, going into the role that you have now where you have to hear pitches and do everything as content and decide what happens and why we get Yeehaw Game Ranch but not Crit Roll Land. <laughs> wow. Thank you. <laughs> Go on. I feel like there's subtle shade. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from the audience. <laughs> um, yeah, no, when uh, I kind of started at, at Geek and Sundry and was creative director over there, it kind of coincided right as Keyleth was really amping up her quest to leadership. So it was actually very fascinating kind of living it in both lives. And I learned a lot from Keyleth. And yeah, now I feel like Bo just helps me be more assertive in my opinions. Yeah, so it was like one kind of led to the other very nicely. We don't argue with Marisha very much because she punches people a lot more now. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
great influence across the board. But yeah, no, and to answer your question about like why certain things, we have this rule in the studio where we have to be careful with what we say out loud because <laughs> apparently it will just happen. Um, strong puppets. powers of, huh? Puppets. Someone said puppets one day and then 400 puppets showed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's more of my job as creative director for the channel to just know when to not say no mm -hmm. and just let people go. I would agree. Sorry, That's Kurt Roland. We should do the telethon for sure. Oh, I'm biting my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some VCs lined up. Just give us a few years. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Was it Mitchell? Yes. Wow, it's the first name I've ever gotten right. Okay. <laughs> Literally, I will mark this day. What's your name? Oh, my name is Caleb. Hold on. Hey. There's some, there's some bass. bass it's going. the Winona Earp panel. I know it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so, hello, my name is Caleb. Oh. And, uh, the question I wanted to direct to is to Liam. Hey. Uh, no way. Why'd you make uh, a character so, about me? <laughs> <laughs> well, when the, the show first started, I was just so excited to hear my name as like one of the characters on the show. But uh, the question I wanted to ask you was, uh, as you are resting or leveling up, preparing spells, do you try to choose spells that would more optimize the party or more in line with how your uh, character is portrayed or their personality? Oh, it is a combination of uh, all of those things. Uh... He has plans that he wants to try to accomplish, uh, multiple plans, but then also he likes these... Uh, well, I'm not supposed to swear here. Okay, uh, these people. German. Germans. Yeah. Uh, Scheisskopf. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's definitely long-term goals, and every once in a while I change my mind to try to do something good for the group. I chose a spell leveling up recently that I haven't used once that I chose for the group. What is it? What is it? Uh, what is it? <laughs> Group hug? <laughs> That's a cantrip. Uh, seeming, I chose seeming. Ooh. Oh. It's seeming all over you, but the opportunity just <laughs> hasn't arisen. Yeah. Respect the card. Oh. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Remember the little card in front of you, boys, that says, <laughs> There might be people under the eggs. Thank you for your question, Thank you. Caleb. Thank you very much, Caleb. Good, strong name. Is it fake, too, or is that your real name? <laughs> His real name's Larkin, he said. <laughs> hey, cool shirt. Oh, thank you. What uh, is your name? Uh, my name's Vaughn. Uh, Ashley, I loved Infinity Train. Yay. Oh, yes. Yay. Infinity Train, hi. Uh, my question's for actu uh, actually for Talison. Yeah. Um, I know Caduceus has had a lot of close calls recently. Um, is there an X number of character deaths that would stop you from playing this campaign? <laughs> Amazing question! You win! Best question ever. I mean, That's all the time I, I, we... <laughs> there, there's really only one way to find out. Uh, uh, is it double digits? <laughs> uh, it's a triple, possibly. No, I, I at least have two more ideas in the... <laughs> uh, undeveloped ideas that hopefully will be used in the next campaign is kind of my hope. But, we'll see. Oh, uh, let's get to that fourth character. I, 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 I hate you all. Oh, God. <laughs> Are they... Are, are they, like, less and less thought out? So the last guy is just like, I don't know, just like a dude. He doesn't it's, even have a name. It's just, it's just a Gilbert Gottfried accent, and that's all the character is. <laughs> I don't know what I roll. What do we do? Yeah, this is all I that, that would be awesome. I would love that guy. Yep, I want it. That's a fantastic question. Thanks. Thank you so much. That was great. Hey, hey nice, nice shirt. shirt. Hello, my name's Eric. Hey, Eric. Uh, the story is so fluid, and you have so many options. Are there any options or moments through campaign one or campaign two that never got fully explored that you really wish you could have gone back to? Uh, it's hard to say for campaign two because they can still go back. There are definitely things that I was hoping or like was excited for them to possibly delve into that they never did, but they might circle back and do so. So I still have those, those facets are possibly interactable. So I can't go too much into campaign two. Uh, campaign one, I would say, uh, oh man. 
what can I say? Because like uh, they might go with those places of camping too if they want to. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's it's hard setting them both in the same world because there's some things that still lie out there. Um, there, I will say there was a facet of the story that didn't that we got to continue with one of our one shots that'll be airing soon. Oh, oh. all right, yeah. So Exciting. that'll that'll be fun. One of those hanging threads from campaign one that got to be uh, got to be brought to the forefront for that. So look forward to that. Um, I, w- I was kind of looking forward into maybe going deeper into uh, like where Thordak had come from and kind of the, the Ankarel history of Thordak when he first attacked uh, hundreds of years before. And there was a whole aspect of learning more about his history and possibly other elements of combating him beyond just the soul anchor. That would involve uh, more direct time spent in Marquette. And you guys were like, nope, we're going after a cloak and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we need there to go back to Marquette. It was so cool. Well... Dragons don't have motivations. Come on. <laughs> In that other Orcus horn out there somewhere? Yeah, yeah there's another Orcus horn out there. Uh, do you know where it is? Yeah. Does where? he know where it is? I'm telling you. How many, how many horns of Orcus are there? How Two horns of Orcus. Yeah, okay, okay, that's, that's horns. Oh, man. Oh, man. Do you have, like, oh, an Orcus tracker, like Santa tracker, but, you know, for Orcus? It's just in a box in Matt and Marisha's garage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that campaign gets a little more meta. <laughs> That's what still haunts me is that gosh dang box. <laughs> I was going to oh, say I, that a I one answer, shot. I answered that, actually. Box. Yeah, the, the box oh, you yes. carry? I answered that in the campaign. I don't believe up. you. I don't believe your answer. <laughs> then I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I've done lying. my job. <laughs> There's something bad in there. He's lying. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, cool. Hey. Hey. Nice. Hey. That's great. Sorry. What's your name? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, my name's Sarah. Hey. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Hi. Uh, um, my question's for Sam. Um, so, in a slight spoiler warning for Thursday's episode, but uh, we saw not um, going back and forth between staying with the party and leaving with their family. So, it was one, and we saw the outcome of that. I'm not going to say anymore, but. Uh, was there any point early in the episode or any episode before where she was seriously considering leaving with her family? Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're supposed to protect me, Caleb. <laughs> um, uh, for sure, yeah. I, I've been uh, bopping back and forth with that for, uh, for a while now because just gaming it out in my head, like a mom reunited with her family why would she ever leave, you know? <laughs> like, it would take a lot. Um, uh, it would take a lot to separate a mom from her kids, uh, from, her, from her family. And, uh, you know, you know, not loves traveling with, the, with this gang, but, you know, she really wants to be home. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. And I talked to Matt about it sort of offline, too. Um, and, I, and I said, I think I called you one day, and I was like, hey, Matt, start preparing for me not to be in the campaign anymore. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I think what happened on Thursday, not to spoil it for anyone, I think was, was right uh, for the moment. And we'll see how it plays out. I don't know if it's going to embolden not going forward or, or uh, restrict what she, what she does. I don't, I don't know. I, it's going to be fun. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Great question. question. Thank you very much. Oh, and I, hey. I did remember another facet of that earlier question. The other thing you guys didn't explore was the relationship with the clasp and Iman. Mm. Yeah. You guys turned that deal down. There was a whole cool yeah. thing that could have gone on with that. If it Ooh. Had been, so. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Card flip. Good tease. Hey, what's your name? Hi, I'm uh, Jordan Knight. Uh, I'm a DM for the Seattle University uh, Dungeons & Dragons Club. Awesome. Yeah, nice. Cool. I'm dressed up as your mortal enemy, Yoshikaga Kira from JoJo's oh, wow. Part 4. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're a terrible, not you, the character's a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> you look great Most as a terrible thank person. Thank you, thank you. Um, my question was actually for you, Matt, but of course I love all of you. Um, as a DM and one of the people who knows the most about Dungeons & Dragons rules, how do you separate your DM life and knowing all, everything behind the scenes with being a player? and trying to actually like, play your character without you know, min-maxing or using the rules to your advantage or making the most powerful person you possibly can? Uh, well, to one, one degree, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if that's your fun for the game, that is a way to do it. And there ha- are some games where, if I, I don't get a chance to play very often, where I'll be like, 
I want to try out this combination of like multi-classing that seems like it could be really broken so that I can try it out. And if it is, I can ban it from my future games. <laughs> uh, so there's a facet of that that's really fun. But also, you know, the longer you play, you might find that your, fun, your enjoyment comes from trying things that are different and quirky and also respecting the other players that may not have as much knowledge. You know, I've played with other DMs that don't have as much experience as me and the urge is there to make rules corrections or to remind them. And I, I, I try not to, and kind of tell myself just to keep quiet and let them run the table, because this is their game. Unless they ask me for a clarification, you know, who am I to inform what the rules are? This is their table. And so you just kind of have to make that separation. Uh, but it is a conscious effort. You know, it's hard, because when, you, when you're in that situation, and you're, you're kind of the ringmaster of that, that group for so long, that mindset is hard to kind of clear. So it, it, is, it is a gear switch for me, definitely. I, I got a weird addendum to that, actually, mm -hmm. which is in, in the realm of min-maxing, and I, and I have complicated feelings about such things. Um, uh, there is, I mean, if you, if you think about, like, what's the modern term, the metagame of, of something, of like the metagame of D&D, &D, part of the fun of the metagame of D&D &D is much like a normal video game is that it's changing all the time. And, like, um, the Magnificent Mansion was considered to be a dump spell uh, many years ago until Sam... <laughs> Uh, was like, no, no, that spell is awesome, and you should all have it, and he's right. Um, so it's, it's really, it's experimenting in those weird crevices where no one's like, like with the stuff that no one plays with that you might discover something like really incredible that like, it, it's, it's fun to like, to repeat other people's success, but finding your own success like deeper in the cave, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, challenging yourself to take the things that aren't considered fun or interesting in the game necessarily from the min-maxer standpoint and show them how wrong they are. <laughs> also, in general, we, are, we all just, this group, our group, embraces playing make-believe. And over the last four years, I've become a home DM for two games. And I know often you'll throw something at us, and not always, but I'll go like, oh, I know what that is in my head. But the fun of it, for our group anyway, is just playing make-believe. And you can still easily play make-believe knowing that that thing is a Bahir or, you know, what have you. Uh, I'm curious. Oh, my God. Um, uh, how many people in this room started playing D&D after seeing the show? Wow. That's awesome. great. Crazy. How many people in this room play? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. How many <laughs> don't? <laughs> no, no, no booze. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ooh. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Good question. Yeah. All right. Look at oh. yeah. Awesome. Yes. 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 What is your name? You can pull that mic yes. down a little there bit. There we go. There you go. Okay. Um, well, hi. I love you guys a lot. Just saying. Um, but uh, so my question's for Sam. It's kind of a jokey thing, but it's been in my brain since Knott's whole deal came out. Is there a particular reason why you chose to play two small characters with a secret child two campaigns in a row? <laughs> yeah, Sam. I can answer this one. He's not very bright. <laughs> I, have, I have one idea, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> uh, the small thing uh, is partly because of Liam O'Brien, because he picks my characters for me. <laughs> uh, but also because uh, even though I'm a six foot tall man, I have like a small man disease uh, <laughs> where I, I, I just feel like I, I, I should be even bigger. <laughs> I don't know. No, um, uh, the, the kid thing, uh, Matt chose the first kid. Yeah, you didn't know about Kaylee in the I first campaign. I did not. It was, it was, I mean, Kaylee is probably not alone, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> Scanlon probably. probably has, like, a bunch. Come on, Matt, give us a number. <laughs> Roll a D10. <laughs> <laughs> Only a D10? <laughs> right. What's the multiplier? Yeah, D10 plus four. For each um, city in... <laughs> um, but no, I, I, have, I have children in real life, and uh, I love them. <laughs> and so I, I think about them all the time, and I, I kind of want to think about them in the game, too. And that's it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, I plan to start thinking about Sam's next character soon. Yes, please. 
Hey, what's your name? Hey. I'm DJ. Hi, DJ. Can you guys hear me through this? Yeah. yeah. yeah just okay, get a, you can get a little closer to the mic. I'm trying to protect you all, no, so we, I hope you're Oh, you're great. No worries. Thank you. Um, Matt, Mordekainen's tome had not come out when you developed uh, the Shadowfell the first time around, but you got to use the Sorrow Sworn this time around. Which one's your favorite? Of the Sorrow Sworn? Yeah. <sighs> I think probably the, the lonely, the, the, the ones that they fought in the game, which is why I wanted to use them so bad. <laughs> Those who don't know, in the Shadowfell, they have these creatures called Sorrow Sworn that are essentially like physical corrupted embodiments of negative emotions. And they're just these horrible haunted entities that wander the Shadowfell. Uh, and like there's some that are based out of hunger. And so they just continuously find things to like stuff into their maw. There's ones that are angry and they're lashing out. And then what you saw them come across with the lonely. And those are the ones that were just with the hook arms that want to just grab and hold and hug and hold you until you died. <laughs> um, and there's just something so creepy to me about that. Plus the idea that while, the, while some, one of them is holding somebody, if somebody else attacks them, they hurt their friend too for their psychic backlash. It's just a horrible, nasty thing. So I think mechanically and just conceptually, those are my favorite, which is why I wanted to use them. Yeah. I'm sorry, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I am much. too. <laughs> hey, quick shout out to hey. our interpreter over here. Thank you so much. What's your name? What's your name? Margie, thank you very much. My sister's a sign language interpreter, so I really appreciate what you do. What's your name? Hello, my name is Michaela. I'm a huge D&D fan. I grew up playing first edition with my family. Awesome. Wow. So thank you for getting more of my friends into it because they weren't very enthusiastic at first. And also thank you for all the emotional trauma. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so my question is for Talison and Matt. When this campaign is completely over, would you ever consider releasing Molly Mock's full backstory? Because I know a lot of us still have questions. Um, that will be up to Matt. Um, yeah, I mean, when, when it when it hits, yeah, we can. I can go into like the whole. Yeah, once everything's this is wrapped up, I'm happy to have like a conversation about yeah. that weird. Well, well, you'd probably want to know too because there are a lot of facts. Yeah, there's a Molly's bunch of I don't know. You don't know. It's a ton I don't know, and then, yeah, I'm happy to like share, like the rant I gave you at the tattoo parlor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. So we'll, so ooh. yeah, when when this campaign's over, we'll definitely do that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey. Whoa. Speaking of emotional trauma. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of emotional yeah. trauma, they um, say. Hi, my name's name? Alina. Hi, Alina. Um, this Hello. question was actually sent to me by my friend Caleb. Isn't on fire, and it's oh, Talison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, does Caduceus think he's going to meet his family at the kiln? And what does he think about confronting them given his recent experiences? He's hoping that some of his family is at the kiln. Uh, and he's also hoping that one of the other families is at the... I, he's, he's got a lot... He is built of expectations. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out if those expectations aren't met. Um, again, he's also, he's got a little bit of that, of that weird Pollyanna syndrome where he will make lemons out of lemon-shaped rocks if he has to, lemonade out of it. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going to be there. But yeah, he definitely is expecting something great. Uh, whether or not it's there is going to be... Uh, uh, very interesting. So we'll see. Oh God. <laughs> I'm nervous. Tune in next week. Oh God. Oh, man. Well, before we get to the next one, Ashley, how are you feeling about things post since you left? You know, yeah. uh, what's going on with Yasha? Matt the other night on talks. I don't know if you saw it, but he basically said, you know, you're an NPC, and he said I have control over it. He made this weird. Yeah, yes. it's 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 weird being an NPC. I remember at the end of the game, I was like, okay, well, if I come back into town, he's like, well, you're, you're what's an NPC now? I was like, okay, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I feel that Yasha is obviously in the best hands with Matt. And I think it's, I personally, I love the storyline. I think it's, it's so much to play with and um, it's, it goes with a lot of the backstory that, that I wrote and a lot of what Matt prepared and stuff that I don't even know and stuff I do know, and it's, ugh, I love it. Um, I, f I feel really good about it, but I can't wait to come home and, and 
see what uh, what's going to happen if Yasha comes back. Yeah. No. Well, well, well no. no well, can, you shut up. Okay. 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 Well. Um, well, no. De de depending on when you come back, like there's there's a good chance we'll, you might have to make another character. <gasps> yeah. Wait. What? But we'll, but we'll Wait, tackle what? that. We'll tackle that when we get to it. What do you what well, what do you mean? If, well, if, I mean, if she's still evil when well, Ashley comes back, don't say that on the Comic Con panel. You're yeah, yeah. bumming these people out, man. Like I said, I don't know what the story will be then, uh, but yeah. we'll deal with it when we get there. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Ashley, and that I, will be discussing. I will fireball your character. <laughs> <laughs> I will rage on your character oh. via through Matt. <laughs> you heard it here Thank, first. Thanks for coming. <laughs> We're not it here first. All right, Spider-Man. What's, what's your real name? Hey, guys. My name's Ian Templeton. Um, Hi. Matt, I wanted to ask you a question. Sure. Um, as a DM, how do you make sure all your characters get enough time in the spotlight so that they all feel fully fleshed out? My characters are their characters. They're all characters. Gotcha. So the party. Um, it's a level of preparation uh, you, you have to consider when you're preparing a session. Um, it doesn't always work out, but trying to consider what aspects of the story and the challenges and the things that they might you know, go into, that can play to their individual strengths. So you kind of offer opportunities where they each can shine, hopefully. Um, and even if ones you didn't prepare or the story goes in a direction you didn't expect, keeping that in mind whenever challenges do occur or you need to put things in front of them to, to engage or to you know, muck up the story for them, if you will, because that's really what DMs do, is like, oh, oh, you're having a good time walking on that path? It'd be a shame if something bad happened to you. Yeah. Um, it's just keeping in mind that, you know, what are they good at? What do they enjoy doing? What do they enjoy accomplishing? What challenges can I throw at them that gives, you know, each individual character or characters together a moment to circumvent that issue. Success or failure, it still gives them an opportunity to feel helpful to the rest of the party, to show off the skills that they've worked hard to build and you know, be better at, uh, and it ends up making a, a great story after the fact, success or failure. Um, so it's just an extra level of, of concentration to keep in there. And as far as giving each other time, that's honestly a lot of the players too, respecting each other at the table and knowing when to step in, when to step out. That just comes with experience and honestly having that conversation at the beginning if a party isn't as comfortable as we were as friends at the get-go um being upfront about that you know, telling everyone at the payload all right guys make sure to be conscious to let other people opportunities to, to engage in the story to have moments and shine try not to step on each other and if it becomes an issue communication is the key to making a good healthy game group and even outside of just uh the dm it's as a player if you see one of your other players is not you know getting a lot of time to shine it's it's nice as your character to engage them and and bring them into whatever conversation you're having yeah i mean case in point and even though you'll have a party member who might be the best conversationalist of persuasion that doesn't mean that they should always be the person that has the conversation you know it's fun to fail it's fun to fail and it's also fun when characters that aren't good at it sometimes roll well or to make a really good convincing argument or both and get to surprise the rest of the party and have a character moment doing something that they're not very good at either. So that also comes with respect between the players to know, like, well, I could do that, but they seem really excited about trying this, even though it's my specialty, I'll let them give it a shot, you know? And that's just more the respect you find at the table. Awesome. Awesome, thank you. Great good question. question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, who's next? Yes. Marty. Yeah. <laughs> like fly. Nice, <laughs> heavy doc. Wow. Um, <laughs> what's your name? So, my name is Mikey. Hey, um, Mikey. I have a question for Sam. Sure. Uh, so, I play a bard in a high level campaign with my friends, and recently she died and was just barely resurrected by your the friend party. Friend or the, her for your friend's character? <laughs> Are you uh, the friend? No. <laughs> I'm the bard that almost died. Oh, okay. Oh. okay. <laughs> um, and she barely came back thanks to Matt's uh, resurrection laws. Oh, no. Um, anyways, I wanted to ask Sam, uh, since you've played a bard that's died, barely come back, and went through the rest of the campaign... You should definitely leave the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I thought about that, but I kind of like her. Okay. A little. Um, how do you think... I should go forward playing a bard that's gone through that experience. Ooh. Well, what does your bard do? Does she, it's a she, yeah? 
Does、yeah. she sing? Does she play a lute? Does she do air guitar? What does she do? She plays a mandolin. Okay.、Um, and likes to use polymorph to turn into a T Rex. A lot. I love this character,、yeah. by the way. <laughs>、um, oh man, with T Rex arms, can she even reach the mandolin? Because <laughs>、um, I want to see that visual. Uh, uh, maybe like like a, a musician who's gone through something rough. You know that changes your music, right? Like instead of just fun ditties or whatever, maybe maybe she plays more like soulful ballads or or Creed songs or. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah, right? Because 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 musicians are affected by life and stuff. Everything is evanescence. <laughs> okay,、wake、enough with these references. Wake me up inside. Can't wake up. Wake me up. So yeah, maybe it affects her music.、Um, maybe maybe she does.、Um, maybe she's not about inspiring other people anymore. Maybe it's more、uh, more selfish or or self protective、uh, from now on.、Um, but definitely. Do a power ballad with T-Rex arms, <laughs> or some sort of T-Rex arm drum solo. Come on! <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. That's really helpful. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know the rules better than I do. If your bard starts singing Creed, you have to kill them. <laughs> Right? It's it's not rules as written, but it's heavily implied. Okay. <laughs> It is known as they. Yeah.、Say. There's like seven spells specifically to do that.、So. Okay. <laughs> awesome.、Oh. What is your name? Hello, I'm Asher. Hey, what's Hello. up? Hello.、Uh, Matt, I just want to say, three years ago, you did something very nice for my brother-in-law Bryce and my sister Gabrielle. Oh.、Uh, uh, I just want to thank you for that. Are those.、Um, anyway. Well, you're、uh, welcome. Whatever it was, I'm glad they liked it. Yeah, it was very nice. But... <laughs> Don't want to say it, but it was very nice. Anyway,、uh, my question is for you, Matt. Okay.、Um, if you could go back in time to when you started the the first campaign、uh, or started the live stream, what advice would you give yourself? Ooh,、uh, ooh that's a really interesting question.、Um, I would say, don't stress out so much about what people on the internet think about you.、Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know.、Yeah. You know. Putting yourself on the internet, especially your face and your passion,、uh, is a really easy way to open yourself to a lot of unwarranted criticism. And I'm all for constructive criticism, but the internet is not great at constructive criticism. And it's taken me a long time to kind of be able to to differentiate between the two and and kind of drown that out. So I would go back and try and help myself. Maybe maybe not let let that hit so hard in some ways. Definitely.、Um, Other than that, I'd say just I'd tell them what you, what you're doing is right. Hold on to it. <laughs> guard guard this this wonderful little lightning in a bottle family with all your heart, and you'll be fine.、Yeah. Thank you. That's great advice. We got time for a few more. Yes. Ooh. What's、Hamlet. up, Kiki? <laughs> What's your name? <laughs>、um, my name is Miles. Hi, Miles.、Um, so my question was actually for Marisha.、Um, if Bo were a druid. What would her go-to wild shape be? Oh. Ooh. She shouldn't curse. A damn owl. Just want to be a bird. Yeah. Take that, Thaddeus. Awesome. Yes. Hey, another Keila. A lot of rage. A lot of rage.、There. Thank you very much.、Oh, What's your name? I'm you Jillian. Look, you look fantastic.、Oh, thank you so much. All these great Keilas showing up is awesome. No, there's a lot today.、Um, so、uh, now that we're into the real, the thick of the Mighty Nine story, it's clear that they have a very different relationship to heroism and taking responsibility for the things they get involved with. Uh, we did meet Vox Machina partway through the journey, but we did see them kind of get into the thick of things with everything they、um, got into. Obviously, as players, you want to do different things every time, but from a character standpoint, where does that thematic difference come from?、Mm. I, I kind of feel like the Mighty Nine has kind of turned into fighting for the everyman. I, I think we're a little bit more tapped in with. Society and the people around us, where I think Fox Machina very quickly got 
on like a higher echelon of like people. I feel like Vox Machina though, like I feel like as as players in that campaign, we felt we knew who the good guys were. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It was sure. it felt more cut and dry in that first campaign. Yeah. And as the Mighty Nine, I feel like everything's so gray mm. and it's it's much harder to make that choice. And therefore what steps up is the people around us and going, oh, we need to protect everybody that's become a victim of the bigger picture. Yeah. 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 That's a great way of putting it. That makes me happy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you very Thank you. much. Thank you. Hey, what's your name? Hey. Hello. Hey. Uh, my name's Ryan. Um, hey, Ryan. My question's for Matt. Matt, I'm actually a close friend of your personal trainer, Ferris. He may have oh, no way! Yeah. That's awesome! <laughs> yeah, so he may have mentioned I'd be coming to ask a question. Yeah, yeah, no, he talked yeah, about you um, today. Sort of, sort of related to that, I know with your busy schedule with voice acting, all the gigs you kind of get, what kind of goes into like the mesical, mental and maybe even physical preparation of DMing for Critical Role every week? Uh, that's a good question. Oh. Um, yeah, paint us a picture. <laughs> What's the montage look like? I'm working on that. Honestly, you know, uh, every, all of this is very exciting. It's also very, it, it's incredible. It's time consuming in the best way. And it's also something that, that is scary. You know, the, all of this attention and all, all this, you know, positivity is, it is a very scary thing for us to handle uh, and be the front of. But that also makes us want to protect that much more. So there's a lot of effort going into uh, my own mental health and us checking in as friends and, and making sure that that thread is still the baseline, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm trying to be better at the physical element too. You know, when you get stressed, people deal with it different ways, especially as I get older and the metabolism slows. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, so like Ferris has been a huge help for me. He's my personal trainer. He's awesome. Um, so yeah, me, I'm, I'm, all these things I'm trying to be better about. It's, a, it's an ongoing process and I'm not always the best at it. And I falter and I stumble and I pick myself back up. But I think that accountability has been really helpful for me, both from my friends and from your friend Ferris kicking my ass <laughs> during the week. Yeah. So, um, he lets me so yeah, so. just 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 trying to, to make the push to do that. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect at it, but just making the effort and knowing it's okay to stumble and then just pick yourself back up and keep going forward has been huge for me. All right, awesome. Thank you. No, thank you. That's really cool. All right, we have time for one more question, and okay. it's you, my friend. What's your name? <laughs> no pressure, uh, Chris. I'm actually the uh, DM of the T-Rex Bard. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so my uh, question is actually for Matt. Being a DM running a high-level campaign where there are bards that can turn into T-Rexes and stuff. Yeah, it's great. Uh, how, yeah. How do you manage your DM life balance? <laughs> do you set aside a certain amount of time to prep and then you say no more than that? Or do you... Do you think about it whenever you have a free moment? Like, how do you manage that much stuff? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> it can vary. Whenever I'm driving somewhere, whether it be to, a, to, you know, to work stuff, or if I have more than 20 minutes of a drive, that usually is my brainstorming period. <laughs> I do schedule evenings of the week. Uh, usually it's like Tuesday evening or Wednesday evening. Uh, if all else fails, if I don't have like immediate inspiration. The weekend is my like unload time, you know, nothing about anything over the weekend. And then as the week begins, I begin to start contemplating and planning. And depending on how busy it gets, sometimes it's a frantic Thursday morning. Oh God. <laughs> oh really? Oh yeah. <laughs> not, not too much, thankfully, but. Um, so, like if we, if we came to your window and just sort of peeked in on Thursday. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give Travis any ideas. He's trying to squeeze me for info enough as it is. Um, I've so tried yeah. to see in Matt's windows, the screens are really dark. <laughs> That's true. Try but yeah, uh, I would say just trying try to make sure that I, I, whenever I have time to myself, to use that time to kind of brainstorm and get excited about the stuff that they did last game and how that will change the story and where they're possibly going and next time. And then when I sit down scheduling myself time that I can actually sit down and focus on it so I'm not freaking out. And even then, as a dungeon master, I prepare more than I used to, largely because if you have six, seven friends at a table, your story can be pretty cohesive, but it can be a lot more sloppy and open, and they probably will never notice. When you have the internet pouring through all of your world building week to week and creating wikis that <laughs> isolate and uh, identify any issue you may have come across in your world building, 
I have to put a little more effort into it week to week. So there's an extra element of responsibility there that thankfully you'll probably not have to worry about, or one day you might, in which case, welcome and I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just scheduling time so you feel comfortable and ready when you go into the session. And then sometimes you won't have the time and you just go, sure, let's see what happens. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you very Thank much. You. That is all the time we have, my friends. Thank you to everyone who came out. Thank we you love guys. you. Thank you guys so much. Don't forget to love each other. Thank you for listening to Tox Machina on the Critical Role Podcast Network. If you like this episode, please drop a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tox Machina airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash critical role on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you next time. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary.